Hi there, this is episode 57 of the Alfie Watton Technology Podcast. Of course, sponsored by Alpha Technology. Um, if you're a company looking to hire UK developers, or if you're a developer open to new opportunities in the UK yourself, whether that's in London, anywhere, fully remote, whatever, um, weloveAlpha.com has the developer jobs and the developers that you need to grow your career and your team. So weloveAlpha.com sponsors of the Alfie Watton Tech Podcast. Um, on episode 57 uh, today, I'm joined by Adrian um, Kowalski. Um, Adrian, how are you? Uh, hi, yeah, I'm great. Good stuff, good stuff. Hi. And for, for the listeners, for the viewers, could you just give us a little bit of background, mate? Just tell us about yourself, tell us about your, your position, your, your career, what, what you've done, what kind of industries you've worked in and what kind of like sort of development you've been doing. So um, currently, I'm a software development manager in IBM. Um, prior to my current role, uh, which I moved into around five months ago, um, I was a performance engineer um, in IBM as well. And then uh, well, prior to that, I was a system tester um, also in IBM. Um, I was an experienced hire. So before I joined IBM, I was a software developer. Um, in, uh, in a different company called um, Viavi Solutions. So they were a big data telecoms um, kind of solution where they process um, kind of all of the events, which is everything that uh, telephone companies connect, uh, collect about you and uh, try and kind of um, figure out um, various information, like, um, you know, if there's any problems within the network and that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, so work my entire uh, life, well, well worked my professional career within the technology industry. Uh, prior to that, I used to do events organizing and um, I actually graduated from computer science as a software engineer. So yeah, um, yeah that was the beginning of my career. Okay, awesome. Well, IBM, massive, massive business, been around for, for a long time. So um, obviously, you know, great, great place to be and, um, you know, gives you some good insights into what's happening in, in the world at the moment. Um, we've got some pretty pretty crazy news to, to discuss over the next sort of 20 minutes or, or, or so that I, I sent you the links for. So let me just share with you kind of what's been happening in, in the world of tech. Um, can you see that? Yes. Okay, awesome. So, so pizza pie in the sky, drone food delivery expands to more NC neighborhoods. I think NC's North Carolina, I think it's in the States. Mm -hmm. uh, so pizza sushi burgers and more could all fly right to your front door flytrex a company that delivers food via flying drones just announced a new expansion that will allow them to, to deliver to more than a hundred thousand customers in neighborhoods around holly springs fatyville and rayford sorry i'm not pronouncing this correctly but a hundred thousand people that's quite a lot of people um huge news for customers across north carolina nc um, we've been approved to deliver up to 2.3 miles, quadrupling the number of customers that currently enjoy rapid drone delivery service. They fly at 30 mi 33 miles per hour, over 200 feet in the sky, and it can reach the customer's door in less than five minutes. And we've got a, a little video as well. It's quite romantic music. So it looks like it drops <laughs> the, um, the string. I don't know if you can see the video playing really well there, but... Um, it will fly over the, your, your yard. And then I was speaking to um, a guy that was working on these and he says that there's some kind of QR code that you might have to lay down in your garden so that it can scan it and know where to drop it. And then it goes on a piece of string on a, on a bag. So it's pretty crazy. You can also pick up in you know, a public spots like, like parks, 
Um, 20 different restaurants are doing it right now. And the, um, the, the justification in many respects, apart from the innovation, is that as, as transportation becomes more expensive, um, especially in situations like COVID, then this is a, is a great alternative to, to look at, right? So, you know, that's, that's a little bit about what's kind of happening in, in the drone world. Um, what, what do you think, Adrian? Would you would you go for this? Would you would you order from a, a flying drone? So to be honest with you, uh, I think it's quite an exciting kind of news. Um, I think I would definitely love to um, order my um, delivery using drones. Uh, but I think this is a sector which... Uh, there's going to be potentially quite a lot of issues, right? I mean, you don't really want to be um, you're looking at the sky with loads of drones flying around everywhere. Um, any collisions, any problems? Imagine if you're, um, you know, waking up in the morning, looking at your car and a drone has fallen down and damaged your car, right? Yeah. So I think this is a very exciting technology and, and uh, I would love to see it implemented in the future. Uh, however, I think they have a lot of potential issues that they will have to tackle uh, before that... Uh, you know, um, becomes kind of normal for everyone to kind of use. Yeah. Um, in saying that, you know, do you prefer a drone flying around and delivering, um, you know, your pizza or your shopping, or do you prefer um, a car, um, you know, keeping you in traffic and preventing you from going to work, uh, or you know, um, you being late for your for for you know for your work or or a meeting that you're kind of um, uh -huh. uh, decide to go to. So it, there's um bonus the disadvantages and advantages of it but i think we are going to see it more in the future to be honest it's gonna happen right i don't think um even if we look at the good or the bad i think it's just it's going to happen people are working on it it's getting better and better and better um but you're right that it's not all sunshine and rainbows you know you said about a drone dropping on a car but what if a drone dropped on a person what if it, what if it hit, a, hit a bird and it fell and hit a person, you could say the same thing can happen with a car, right? You have car crashes, so um, you can't, um, you know, bubble wrap the world and, and make it um, make it perfect. But um, you've also got, got drone theft to, to think about. Um, I, I appreciate that if Amazon is delivering all their packages with Amazon Prime using using drones, someone stealing from Amazon is not going to, Jeff Bezos isn't going to get worried about one or two drones going missing. But um, if you're a small company and you've got a fleet of, of 20 drones and and some kids slingshots your, your drone down or something or it crashes into a building how, how do you get the drone back can, can you get it back yeah like, yeah exactly and they will probably have some kind of a gps tracking on it but um so I, I actually fly a drone myself i have one of the dji cool. drones and it's under 250 grams yeah. so essentially right now i'm not very limited because you have to have a license for it but i'm not very limited because it's 250 grams so if that was to fly uh, well, break down and I was to fly into some uh, object or a person, yeah. uh, 250 grams is not really a big, obviously it's it's not great, but it's not a big deal. However, these drones look like they're potentially, a, you know, few kgs, right? Like so drones are huge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, uh, that landing on your head would be quite a, a substantial issue, right? Um, and probably in order to have this um, implemented successfully, they need to have uh, an automated system rather than someone flying. So um, their AI uh, and collision detection and everything that you know goes along with that will have to be top notch before they will I, I'll, you know they'll be allowed to even use them uh, regularly. Um, imagine drones crashing into each other as well. You know, th th there's a lot of potential concern. Uh, but I think you know um, as technology progresses, uh, it, it's going to eventually be implemented. I think it's inevitable, right? Um, yes.
what, what do you what do you use your drone for like just pictures and uh, yeah just pictures you know if you go on holiday you can uh get a different perspective um of the views that uh you know you're kind of surrounded by I actually recently went on a euro trip um so i was able to get the drone up uh and you know um see how um the environment around me and the views that you can get from from a different perspective even uh simple stuff where you're in a group of friends and there's no one to take a picture of you you can just take your drone out and take a picture from a distance right that's cool so yeah how how long if you I'm not asking you to make a prediction here but if you had to gut feel how long until this is mainstream until you're getting your the majority of your delivery orders your amazon packages via drone how what, what year would you say if you had to spitball it and just guess uh, uh well i think it all depends on uh the leaders that actually you know push for this um if there was someone like elon musk for example and he really wanted to implement this i think maybe a year for it to have it successfully kind of implemented uh if it's not someone like elon musk uh and, and there's uh, various issues with it uh, maybe three yeah. or more i can't see it being too long because if, you, if you're trying it with a hundred thousand people if that works i mean cities is probably a very different challenge that's probably a, a rural area north carolina is pretty rural you know compared to new york or, or whatever obviously or london um but yeah i mean like certainly in the next couple of years i, I can see that being a, a very common thing yeah uh, actually, when I was um, uh, before I applied for my first graduate job, well, so one of the companies that I was applying for um, for my first role, um, well, uh, a recruiter contacted me and I applied for it, um, but I didn't was I wasn't too keen about it. Anyway, so it was Domino's, and they were trying to, they were trying to actually I was going to work potentially on a uh, on their drone project where they're trying to implement it. Um, so I think this was around seven years ago or so, uh, and they haven't really moved. Uh, so, you know, it does take time. Uh, I know the drone technology is better now than it used to be, but yeah, it's definitely um, time consuming in order to implement that. Another thing which is taking time is uh, is actually the next article. It's um, It's been going on in the, in the news for a lot now, but um, the tech giant Apple hiring the former Lamborghini engineer. So Apple has been working on this autonomous electric car um, Reportedly, it's never been officially said, I don't believe, but they've been um, there's been loads of reports about them hiring and building up teams over the past couple of years in this area. Um, just to read a little bit of the article, um, tech giant Apple has reportedly signed a former Lamborghini engineer to join the development team of its long-rumoured autonomous car. News agency Bloomberg reports Apple has employed the head of Lamborghini's Chasis, I want to say Chasis and Vehicle Dynamics Division to join the management team of its autonomous electric car. Luigi Tara Borelli, which Luigi would be good to, to have you on this if, you, uh, if you're if you ever interested. He worked for, for Lamborghini for more than two decades, um, most recently on a number of uh, projects for supercars, um, according to his LinkedIn profile. Um, it comes just three months after Apple hired a former Ford executive um, and also joining a team of engineers from Tesla, Volkswagen, Ford and Mercedes-Benz. Um, Apple has apparently been working on the car since 2015 and has more than 5,000 employees. I mean, that's a lot of people. 5,000 employees. It's hard to keep anything secret. I can't keep a secret with 10 people. I mean, 5,000 people is, is pretty tricky, but um, it could be re revealed as soon as 2025. Um, they've had a number of setbacks, which uh, I suppose is, is quite normal in the in the car world. Um, we had senior um, members of Tesla's autopilot team 
um, moving on and, and, and joining. So they're snapping up some top talent in this space. Um, Codename Titan, I think that's a pretty cool name. Um, and it's, it is equipped with pedals, will not be equipped with pedals or a steering wheel. Instead, using GPS cameras and other sensors. So it's purely self-driving if there's no steering wheel. Yes, that would, that would be the case. Um, yeah, I, I think that that project is going to take uh, quite... If, if they're trying to implement a fully autonomous car, uh, that is going to take them a long time. Um, I think the reason why we're not seeing that uh, right now is because, I mean, um, if you look at Tesla, for example, right, which would be the perfect kind of equivalent for it, um, they have autopilot, but yet it's still not fully functional. It's very limited. They're constantly updating it. So if they're trying to release a car that doesn't have a steering wheel and pedals, mm. it, 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 it can't have any issues that you can resolve by driving the car yourself. So Tesla is slowly implementing their autopilot and kind of improving upon it. But Apple is not doing that. Um, in my personal opinion, I don't think Apple's approach is the fastest approach because as you know, as you develop any software, you kind of release the beta and you kind of start working on it. And, and then as you release the beta um, yeah. and even the first versions of your uh, alpha versions, you can improve upon what your customers are telling you to do. So the car has to be fully functional and fully working in regards to their autopilot. Um, before they can release it and and then find any issues and faults within their uh, kind of uh, system. While Tesla is doing that by um, just giving you a car that you can drive and then they can fix their little issues uh, incrementally, Apple wouldn't be technically doing that based on this article, right? So I think um, because of that, it's going to potentially delay them, but uh, maybe they can use the experience of their um, engineers to, to tackle some of that. Um, but yeah, not a very incremental kind of improvement. It's just, you know, a release and it works. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting uh, to see. Apple doesn't release um, anything that's half-baked in, from, from my experience. You know, if they, if they put out a phone, it's the iPhone. If they put out, you know, uh, uh, they're, they're going to be working on the, the watch. They're going to do the, probably the virtual reality headset. It's been long rumored as well. So I, I kind of feel if they release an Apple car, they're going to, release an Apple car, it's going to kind of, you know, go all the way. I know that was just a concept picture then, but it looks that look pretty cool. I've got, I've got no idea if that's actually leaked. It's probably just a render that someone's made online. But um, I remember I remember hearing a story actually about, you said about Tesla. Um, apparently Elon Musk um, offered to sell Tesla to, to Apple. And this is a long, long time ago, back when it was worth about a tenth of what it is now. Um, and Tim Cook wouldn't even take the meeting. Um, so obviously back then they, they, they weren't interested in, in electric cars, if, if that story is true. Um, I bet he regrets now. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody regrets not uh, not investing in, in Tesla back then. Um, it was it was the most shorted stock in, in history that m more people have bet against that company than any other business ever. And, uh, and Tesla's obviously, obviously crushed it. So Apple sees a gap there in the market. It, it, it's weird how the, the, um, the distinction between a computer company and a car company is kind of blurred away. I think Tesla really did that by, by making them electric on, on a mass scale. Because before, the idea of, of um, like, like IBM, where, where, where you're at, right? IBM, you know, traditional, you know, big computing business. And then you had like Ford, a big, you know, vehicle company. You don't, you don't really see Ford, IBM on the same wavelength. But, but now Tesla has changed that. You know, Tesla is, is allowing tech companies to, to, to look at cars in, in that way. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah, I think back in the day, the car industry and the technology industry were quite far apart. 
Um, and as uh, we move forward, it, they became kind of integrating the Trava substantially. Uh, and now, I mean, let's face it, at the end of the day, the car industry is uh, kind of like an IT tech industry. The big companies have their own massive IT tech uh, departments, which which they need to invest quite a lot of money into. Uh, I mean, even if we look at cars, um, you know, uh, BMW from 2012, what kind of the technology on that was quite bad. Even, you know, connecting your Bluetooth to, to your car was quite r ridiculous, right? And now it's it's substantially changing. Um, I mean, if you look at the brand new 2020 versions, it just, the amount of technology on there it has. I mean, you wouldn't think about, um, you wouldn't even consider that you can't get your car on time because there are ship short uh, chip shortages, right? Mm -hmm. um, and now, you know, um, I have had friends which had their car deliveries delayed by over a year. Because of because of chip shortages, yeah. um, you wouldn't really think uh, that that would be the case, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Yeah, no, no, it's it's pretty crazy. Have you tried driverless before? It's like self-driving cars. Uh, I haven't uh, tried self-driving cars. However, I've drove a number of cars which you could say they're self-driving. Uh, for example, I went uh, on holiday to Iceland recently, and we we hired these Toyota Ravs and. Um, Essentially, so it would it would um, hook onto the car in front of you, so it would keep a certain distance and brake and keep the same speed as the car in front of you, and it would uh, it had lane assist, so it would keep you in the lane. So technically, if there was a car in front of you, you could just um, uh, drive the same speed, keep the same distance, and the lane assist will keep you in lane. So it's kind of driveless, uh, but not really. Um, you're, you're copying the the car in front. I like that. And it keeps you in the lane as well. So it actually would turn your steering wheel to keep you in lane, um, which is, yeah, kind of the first step. You've really got to hope that the car in front doesn't swerve off and crash into the wall, though. And then you just, and then you just follow through. Well, yes, but it will still keep you in the lanes, right? So we'll try okay. and just, okay. yeah, brake. Uh, but you're not you're not supposed to you know just let go of the steering wheel and uh, let the car do what it needs to do. Still, you have to. But it's it's very um, you don't have to pay as much as much attention. So if you're driving for long periods of time, it, it will help you quite a lot. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, look. Speaking of um, of Tesla, we kind of naturally went on to those guys by, by speaking about Apple there. But um, Tesla are also also in the news at the moment. Um, Tesla deploys cube lounges at supercharger station with automated coffee, food, and more. So I think the idea is, you know, when you charge your Tesla, it takes a long time, you know, usually to, to power it up. So now you've got these little little free stations where you can go and chill out at. So uh, Tesla, Tesla has deployed large cube lounges at a supercharger station in Germany that is equipped with automated vending machines for food, coffee, and more. The new partnership with BK World, that must be the, the company um, offering the, uh, the kind of hospitality, would deploy these lounges that can reshape Tesla's supercharger networks in regions where it is more challenging to deploy charging stations near amenities. I see. So you have them on, uh, on long journey roads and in the, in the rural areas and, and that sort of thing. And um, looks like they've only got a couple of locations at the moment, but they've got some pictures showing what they look like on, on, in German. Um, so the vending machines, pizza, and I'm going to say four minutes. I'm, I'm guessing that's what that means. Um, one thing I thought was pretty cool is the uh, <laughs> you have the Mario Kart you can play. Um, if they just need to make some little Tesla vehicles for the for the characters, and then you've you've got the uh, the full full Elon Musk mode right there. But um, <laughs> yeah, like pretty pretty cool concept, right? Um, you know, seems cool. I mean, seems it, nothing revolutionary, but um, but it seems like a cool little thing for Tesla to do to, to stand out, I suppose. 
Yeah, I think this is just um, another way of Tesla trying to um, improve their kind of infrastructure and their network of charging uh, points. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're traveling, um, let's say you go on a Euro trip um, and you're traveling around Europe and you have to wait, you know, 40 minutes plus uh, to get your car charged. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, most of the times you will take that break anyway. Um, however, um, so um, I know that there's a problem, for example, with infrastructure uh, in regards to electric cars in Poland, for example, where you have two or three slots. Um, and then, you know, if, if no one's there waiting 14 minutes, it's fine. But if there is two other cars already plugged in and there's only two slots and, you know, you're in a queue of five cars, you're not really key. You know, you don't really want to wait for, you know, two, three hours to get your car charged. Right. So they're trying to come up with inventive ways of, um uh, getting their users to actually um, um, use their network. I think if they focus more on the time it takes for the battery to get charged, that's going to be, uh, create uh, like a massive shift of people that actually are willing to use that. Mm -hmm. uh, because at the end of the day, you know, um, electricity is much cheaper, but, you know, it doesn't take five minutes uh, for you to you know, just stop and drive off when, when you're in a rush, right? That, that, that is the the big thing. It's It's all about... Um, getting the most out of the battery in, in, in a Tesla. I mean, Tesla is a car company, but it's more a battery company if you think about it. And um, you know, it's it's only going to get better and better with with how how long they can hold charge for and how small the battery becomes. But right now, the battery is pretty big in a in an electric vehicle. It takes a, a big chunk of it up. Um, but yeah, that that will be the the biggest game changer, right? When it when it goes down. But even on a more simple level, my um, I just installed a, a wireless charger for my wife underneath her bedside table so she can put her phone on top of the table and it charges mm -hmm. it underneath it's um very futuristic but just wait until we have roads that can shower um, power cars by by driving them for the yes uh our audi is actually audi is actually um i've read somewhere that audi is planning to implement wireless charging of the cars so you could just drive in um and charge your car and to be honest with you, it's just uh another uh, inventive way of trying to make life easier for the users because so i actually have a hybrid uh and every single time i um stop by well park next to my house i have to get out uh take the cable out plug it in it, it's an it's it's not that annoying but it is an effort that you have to do so if you have just a some kind of a wireless charging for your car it stop your car and get out and charge your car right um it's just yeah another way of, of helping the users and and make uh, uh that solution more desirable for their users i kind of feel like someone with the, the personality of of elon musk he could have um with, with the with the wireless um charging if, if somebody's going to do that on a grand scale it's going to be someone like like like, like him that you know breaks through the noise and and just just has that impact on the world you know how, how many people send a tesla into space or what he's doing with um is it starlink the starlink the um the satellites he, yes yeah yeah he, he he now has more satellites in space than all of the satellites combined like yes all uh, globally combined he has more satellites providing free wi-fi to to ukraine to to, to the world and the last time i've heard i think it was three thousand. uh yeah. that's the last time i was researching into it but you know his spacex allows him to do so right yeah. Uh, the price it used to cost to get uh, a rocket up there and, and back, um, it was insane. Uh, it was half uh, half a billion, and now it's around sixty or a million or something like that, right? So you can imagine. And to be honest with you, and his uh, ideas are very uh, so 
sometimes his ideas are not necessarily his ideas. He's just improving upon what's already there. And sure. it's such a simple idea uh, when it comes to, you know, um, haven't you ever played um, Worms back in the day, you know, when you had That's the jetpack and stuff? Worms, yeah. Exactly. So so he just gets the rocket back on, on the ground. And it's when yeah. I first, I actually watched the, um, that landing, first, you know, when it was live. And it just, I was proud of the human race when that happened. It was just such a surreal experience of these rockets landing at the same time. Um, yeah, anyone that hasn't watched that video of the first, uh, the first uh, time. Yeah, well, it, yeah. it wasn't the first one. It was like the third or the fourth one because the first couple blew up. They, they didn't make it, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, there's quite a few that blew up, but the ones that actually landed successfully, I was, I think it was, um, yeah, one of the, the, the biggest ones. I don't actually remember the name of the ro rocket at the moment, but yeah. <laughs> it's it, or something or. Um, uh, big Heavy. It was the Big Heavy, I think. Heavy. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's that that video. If, if it's the first time you watch that video when it lands, you almost don't believe it. It almost looks like it's been um, it's been played in reverse, like it's just taken off. But it but it, it, it comes down and it just lands. And it's just it's just yeah. absolutely bizarre. And uh, it doesn't get enough attention, really, in, in the media. It gets a lot, but it, it could get a lot more. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty bizarre thing. We just need to get um, Elon Musk into the world of, of our delivering our pizza on drones. He, he can figure that out. <laughs> if someone can do it. It's, yeah. Maybe. I mean, he, he does everything, right? Uh, he even has... Um flamethrower uh so yeah, yeah cool. you know you never know although uh you know time is limited so it all depends on what he has time for right absolutely absolutely well, look our time um also limited i think that that wraps us up for, for today adrian but thank you for, for coming on really really good to get your, your thoughts and insights into some of these topics of, of the week that's happening in the, in the tech world um obviously good to get you back on again in the future hopefully it's not the not the last time we speak to you but thanks very much and uh thank you to everybody for watching as well F fantastic it was nice to join thanks bye see you later bye, -bye. Imagine if you were able to hire the next Elon Musk. Or if you got a job at Facebook, back when it was just a startup. Well, these people and these opportunities, they are still out there. And we have access to them. Access to all of them. At Alpha Technology, we specialize in software development recruitment across London and the UK. From React to Java to C Sharp and more, we represent the best front end, back end, and full stack engineers on the market. This includes top developers from Meta, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, and more. Our clients operate across AI, blockchain, VR, AR, fintech, edtech, healthtech, and more. From startups to global enterprises and everything in between. But Alpha isn't just a recruitment agency. We are also a tech community. We host podcasts, run meetup events, and lead EDI initiatives, supporting women in technology, BAME individuals, and the tech for good ecosystem. So, if you're a company looking to hire software engineers, or if you're a developer open to new opportunities yourself, then we are here to help. Alpha Technology, recruiting for the future.